This episode of Codecast is brought to you by Agora Code Community. We're connecting developers one line of code at a time. For more information, visit our website. It's agoracode.community. Like us on Facebook, Agora Code Community, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Code Agora. This episode is also brought to you by Renegade Media, which is your leading Zambian agency for everything digital marketing. Welcome everyone to the second episode of the Codecast, your uh, one-stop auto shop for tech. I'm joined here today by four of my co-hosts. Uh, would you like to introduce yourselves? Uh, hey guys, my name is Mokuma and I'm back again for this session. Of podcast. Hey guys, where's he signing in? Hello everyone, my name is Cynthia, <coughs> the newbie for today. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess uh, we should uh, kind of let everyone know that we have a new co-host, Cynthia. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, I am a software developer. I actually use Python for developing and uh, currently I am working with Mwavo, popularly known as iSchool, as a product manager. Okay, so uh, I think we should dive right into it. Uh, so this week, we're going to be talking about ecosystem lock-in. But before we get into that, uh, let's have a roundup of the news. What's happening in tech? Uh, yeah, so uh, would you like to get us started, Kumar? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so for this week's session in tech, well, we're going to talk a little bit about Microsoft Build, which also happened in the month of May. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run through all the stuff that every that was released, and we can have a short discussion afterwards about whether it's cool or not. Uh, so first things first, uh, Microsoft wants us to sync uh, our phones, uh, get our notifications from our computers instead of having to pull out our phones. Uh, I feel like that's pretty cool. It's a huge convenience, but yeah. Then they want Cortana and Alexa to work together, which is something that was quite surprising. I liked it. Still surprising. I didn't think that they could work together with Amazon, but basically Amazon and Microsoft becoming buddies, guys. Um, something else that came out was uh, a timeline for iOS and Android, uh, which is pretty much something very new. Uh, they're offering uh, devs more money than Apple or Google. And Microsoft. They, yeah, and they, 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 they really talked about this. Uh, this year's yeah. built. And uh, something I enjoyed so much as well was something they're calling uh, Project Kinect, which is basically Kinect alive and in the cloud. So it will improve collaboration in meetings and we'll, be, we'll have extra uh, features that will allow meetings to be more progressive. They want to include AI uh, in, in this project and also have it basically manage meetings. And if you said you wanted to call someone the following day in a meeting, it will schedule that for you and remind you if you didn't put a time, if you put a time, it was to schedule a call and that sort of stuff. And that's pretty cool. And uh, the last thing is drumroll, more powerful tabs, multitasking, simplified, and you basically have data sets for, uh, or sets of uh, tabs grouped together, uh, relevant sets anyway. For, but for your, does that mean you would have to use uh, Microsoft Edge? Uh, <laughs> not necessarily, not necessarily. You know how uh, Windows 10 kind of has all your tabs open? If you press the the multitasking button. Oh, so it's tabs on uh, an operating yeah. system. Yeah, level. tabs okay. on your operating okay. system. Okay. So it will be grouped in sets. So if you it's internet and whatever, like all grouped together, okay. and system uh, applications all grouped mm -hmm. together, and that sort of stuff. Oh, cool. So yeah, pretty much having out tab working really well, I guess. So yeah, that's pretty much it on Microsoft. Okay. Uh, thoughts on build? Uh, I know people don't really uh, dig 
the Microsoft conferences, but I, I do speak for yourself. Do you I, know? No, do I, I, I do. I think the last one I followed was pretty interesting. I haven't had a chance to see this one yet, but I feel like they're going somewhere with their tech. Um, we'll be talking about ecosystems later on, but I feel they have a vision of where they want to be in the next couple of years, and that's making the user experience more seamless. And I think. They might be onto something. <laughs> well, they like, might yeah, be onto making, something. making the user experience more seamless is one thing. Like, I'm, I, we, we can all agree that that's a good thing to pursue. But the question is, saying you're gonna do it, trying to do it, and actually doing it are three completely different things. I think the the desktop space. I think they have the monopoly there. Yeah, they I think it's do. the mobile space that they're trying to get into. That you know, ish. I, I don't even think they can do that. I think that's why they're starting to collaborate more. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think they kind of conceded. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can really match up to Google in that space. So yeah. I don't know. I think the onus is on people to sort of now collaborate and force out, you know, the competition. Yeah. Collude. I mean, could you imagine using a Windows phone? I, I did. I, I know where you're going. <laughs> Are you using Windows? I'm about to get rid of it. There's a long story to it. No, I used Windows for two years. Uh, it was forced on me. Oh, okay. Okay, never mind. Uh, yeah, uh, something else that happened, and I think something that got a lot more headlines, uh, was Google I.O. Briefly, to talk about what happened at I.O., uh, there was advancements, uh, like huge advancements in AI. Uh, we, we saw advancements to uh, Google Assistant, uh, everything from new voices, including uh, John, John Legend, John Legend, right? Yeah, John Legend. Uh, we had uh, a new thing called Google Duplex that basically... Sorry, John Legend? Yeah. What? His voice? Yeah, his voice is yes. one of the voices that you can choose for Google Assistant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ladies? <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm thinking about it. Cynthia? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, then there's um, uh, new advancements to, like, their AI, you know, their uh, visual uh, assistant. That's It's still Google Assistant, but, like, visual the things that they've added to the assistant. Uh, they've added things to Google Lens. They've added things to Android P. Uh, which uh, I think we'll, we'll uh, talk a bit about. Thoughts on I.O.? Uh, I.O. was a big deal for me uh, because of the strides being made with machine learning and artificial intelligence. TensorFlow uh, has been improving for the last three years, which mm-hmm. is, for me, is a big deal, considering the fact that there's a lot of this technology that uh, we couldn't use extensively before, especially in our local context, but now has been made more available. And for me, that's that, that's... That's the biggest talking point as a, de- a developer. Yeah, I, 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 I think I agree. Uh, one of the big headlines was uh, Google Duplex. So uh, for those of you that uh, aren't aware, uh, at I.O., they introduced uh, a feature that lets Assistant uh, basically schedule you know, things like going to the saloon or the, reserving a table at a restaurant by making a call to the uh, service provider. So they showed two instances where the assistant called and uh, you know they're talking to the, the person on the other side, uh, first at the saloon and they're, they're, they're booking this time for a haircut. It's so seamless that the person on the other end 
didn't realize they were talking to a machine. That was scary. It it was actually scary. And then the second time, uh, the, the the they it was kind of reserving a table for was it, was it like ten people or something like that. But it's reserving a table at a restaurant and it's talking to this uh, uh, Asian lady and her accent, her English isn't uh, isn't great, so her accent is kind of you know, but it's still, you know, it was able to tell what she was trying to say. It was, you know, having a conversation with her. And again, she didn't realize she was talking to an AI. Okay, So it basically beat the Turing test twice live. But then it was later revealed that uh, it, it like 150 times this happened. So uh, it, it beat the, 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 the Turing test over 150 times. So thinking about that. That is that is big, right? So briefly, what 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 do we think about this AI yeah, and all? I saw an article I think last night about a woman who um, called into an auto dealership or she wanted to buy a new car, mm-hmm. but they thought she was AI for some strange reason I don't know, and they said no to prove you're not a robot or whatever you have to come in like we we don't is believe that, you. Is that the one where she had to like check the? I'm not a robot on paper. I, I think she actually called it after that. <laughs> yeah, because uh, there was this other thing where, uh, like, you had to, like, like someone, like, it's on paper. You know how the captures? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah but, like, it had to, like, check the thing. Uh, on paper? Say, yeah, on paper. So they made her check the thing on paper, which was hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that gives you an idea where we're going. Eh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, just to kind of... Uh, piggyback of that. I feel like there's a lot of factors that we have to consider at the moment and these are just general ideas around artificial intelligence. Like there's a lot of talk and a lot of it kind of hinges on uh, legal challenges. Uh, what are the legalities uh, of having AI answer calls and do all this stuff, right? Uh, ethics and morals, you know, all that stuff. And just generally combating uh, the myths around AI and onboarding for regular users that have no idea at the moment. Cynthia, thoughts? AI? Basically, the, the, the moral conundrum that comes with, with, with the fact that AI is becoming more and more uh, human-like, so to say. So, I have found myself in a position where I am a developer who is right now exploring AI. <laughs> and at the same time, I mean, I'm still human, so there are certain things that I'll still be uncomfortable of. There's this saying that the most skeptical people about tech are the developers themselves. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, develop the apps and we are still... And, and we push them out, eh? Yes. <laughs> We are the most skeptical. I mean, many not mentioned, but there's somebody in this room who's covered their camera mm. because of mm. security concerns. Mm. Yes. But I like the advancements that are coming up, considering uh, for me as a female, it, 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 I, I get this feel that I'll have to make appointments easier with my hairdresser and... Mm. Uh, if I want a massage or I want to do makeup, I can easily make those appointments. But then here comes uh, a fact where this woman wants to actually change a car and they suspect she's AI. So now, whereas I would easily change my car and they would think, oh, it's a human thing. But now with the whole AI aspect, they'll be suspicious. So now, does it mean I have to now physically go to the car dealer uh-huh. to prove that, hey, I am human, I'm not AI, and I want my car changed? <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, that, I think all these questions are actually uh, pertinent and we could spend hours talking about how, how AI affects you know, the morality of service and whatnot. But uh, other, other <coughs> things that were introduced were advancements to uh, Android P, uh, Kumar, you want to touch on that a little? Uh, yeah, uh, my favorite thing about Android P, uh, and we really thought uh, they weren't going to make any real advancements when we spoke about this in yeah, our last episode, Exactly, was um, one feature I actually liked. I, I, well, I liked a lot of features. Um, can I just list them all down, the yeah, ones sure. that I actually liked? So with Android P, I liked um, something called Slices, uh, something called Shush. Uh, I also liked the fact that there's adaptive battery and adaptive brightness coming to, to Android. And I feel like in this day and age where battery life has become such a big deal, like we need our devices to last a bit longer throughout the day, that's uh, something like adaptive battery where it learns my habits and adapts uh, power consumption uh, according to the way I'm using my device. Something pretty pretty handy. I'll be waiting to see that work. You will, yeah? Because yeah? uh, I, I don't want to believe it until I can use yeah, it. Yeah, me, so, me neither. So, yeah. yeah. And something called slices, also, I love very much because if I'm doing a Google search and let's say I'm on a taxi, um, if I have Olendo installed on my, my, my device, I, I could Google search how much it is to move from one point to another point, and it could show me in my search results. Uh, a slice from the Olendo app or RNG Ride or any other taxi service without having to actually go into the app. So that's pretty seamless from my end. And then the one thing we normally ignore is uh, how convenient you should be to silence your phone when you don't want to pick up. So this is going to become easier. You just turn your phone upside down and shush the phone. Yeah. Microsoft did that. Microsoft did so that, but say. maybe they messed up with marketing because I've never heard about it. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Then they added uh, things to Google Lens. You know, basically just updates to the features that they showed in previous iOS. Yeah. So like Google Lens will basically identify things in your uh, vicinity. Uh, it uses uh, what what is called uh, or or what we know as augmented reality to kind of put things there and kind of give you pointers and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. So. It's 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 really it's really uh, it's 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 really an advancement when it comes to like AI, artificial intelligence, uh, augmented reality, and whatnot. And I, I I'm really curious to see where Google goes next with all this. Okay, um, shall we talk about the subject at hand? Definitely. Ecosystem lock-in. So uh, just to briefly uh, kind of define what we mean by ecosystem lock-in, it's uh, how uh, big tech organizations, big tech companies, and maybe not always big, but tech companies uh, find the, 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 the need to lock certain services to just their platforms or just their devices and so on and so forth. So the biggest uh, culprit of this, and I think Rudo agree, is Apple, right? There's so many services that you can only use with an Apple device. I mean, you can only use iMessage with an Apple mm. phone or uh, an iPad. I mean, like, for the longest time, they, 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 they only had, like, Apple Music on Apple devices, and then they shifted and put it on Android devices as well. But clearly, you know what the better version is, <laughs> that kind of thing, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, it's, 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 it's clear that they're making the best experience for Apple, like, products and Apple, uh, devices when it comes to their software. 
So now it 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 kind of locks you in, right? Because all your stuff, for example, is on iCloud. Uh, all your uh, messages, your message threads are iMessage. You know, all your um, all your work is stored uh, using Apple like apps, for example, like Pages or whatever. Mm. Yeah, so it basically locks you in, and it makes it very difficult for you to change and maybe start using an Android device. Okay, so thoughts. We've had ecosystem lock-in for as long as we could remember. Mm -hmm. uh, we may not have known it then, but we know it now because there have been other players on the market that have shown you that you're actually locked into a particular platform. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of the choices with the way uh, we select these platforms is different from Like, I pick my devices based on my needs uh, and the kind of content that I consume and performance, obviously. Like, if I'm going to pick a mobile phone, Obviously, I want to look at how seamlessly I can access my information across all, all manner of devices that I have. I have an iPhone. I have a Windows computer. Um, so I have a computer running the Windows uh, OS. I've got um, another PC running maybe a Linux platform. So it's varied platform. So even as I'm picking this device, I need to make sure they can communicate across all these devices. So yeah. That's pretty much where we start from. So each of these devices has its own pros and cons. And yeah, that's where the blocking kind of comes in. Okay. Uh, so uh, anyone else have any thoughts? Like for maybe maybe uh, we can touch on like experiences with the ecosystem lock-in. Okay. Uh, first experience for me uh, is Windows, obviously, because first of all computer I ever had was on Windows OS. Mm. It wasn't easy to switch from Windows to Linux, for example, because if you want to use something like Microsoft Office, yeah. you might not have that, that facility on Linux. Yeah, you have to for an alternative. Mm -hmm. Now imagine you've got all your documents and now you have to migrate and you know move to a mm. different platform. That's time, that's money, that's resources. Exactly. You don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. You stay on Windows. So that's kind of like my first experience in terms of actually being locked into a particular platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think um, lock-ins also exist to varying degrees, eh? Um, like you, you've, you've talked about documents. Like I feel as the more technology advances or progresses, um, the more solutions are readily available. Eh? Yeah. So like right now you have cloud platforms, mm -hmm. if you were going to bring up the issue of documents. Mm -hmm. Cloud has literally just made things. Hundred times easier. So okay, let me come in. For an experience for me, the one I had was in an instance where I was initially using an Android phone, and I would back up my 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 data on um, into my Gmail account, everything into my drive, and then my brother, yes, decided to get my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I found myself using a Windows phone, no offense, because then when I went to Windows, I had to start using OneDrive. Now, I had this thing of, I have my backup on my Google Drive. Yeah. So apparently there's this whole format thing that restricts you from me getting my, my backup and simply taking it taking onto it down, OneDrive and I continue using it. So I had to start copying my files, unfortunately, one, one by one, by one taking them to OneDrive. Quite frustrating. Yeah. I don't know if it works because I would have just gone back to Android and not even bothered moving. Oh, my pocket wouldn't allow me to. Yeah, and those, 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 are, <laughs> those are real challenges. Yeah, those yeah. are real challenges. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, like, uh, with what you're saying about, uh, like, cloud, right? Mm. Yeah, that is a good point that documents are now, like, saved on the cloud. Mm. So, you would expect, like, in that situation, you just download the Drive app and easily just, you know, transfer. That's that's how you'd expect it to go, right? Yeah. But because yeah. they're not going to make it easy for you to change phones, they're going to be like, yeah. I spent an, in- an entire day, guys. Entire day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's 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 interesting that 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 happened on a Windows device. I expect that happened on a on an Apple device, like an iOS device. But I've I've had an iPhone for two weeks now, and I found it very easy to move my data from Google to Apple. I don't know if it's the same moving from Apple to another uh, ecosystem, but you know, for an app for an iOS user, I have more Google apps than I do yeah iOS apps, which is quite interesting. Uh, yeah, so in that case, I think it's kind of more thanks to Google than Apple because uh, you're using uh, Google's Drive app that is developed by Google and they just put it on the Apple platform. Mm-hmm. Okay, But when you're using, uh, say, iCloud backup, right, and you're using apps that don't have a native cloud to back things up in. For example, uh, take something as simple as uh, mobile games, right? Uh, you have mobile games that save uh, files like on your phone, but they also save files in the cloud. But most mobile games don't have their own cloud ecosystem, so they just save on either Google's cloud services or iCloud. Now, with like with with the Switch, if you've got all this saved data on like your iPhone, and you switch phones, you're losing all that data, unless a third-party app has cloud services like Google that will let you save everything on the drive and then download an app to manage that stuff across across platforms yeah yeah okay so we're looking at big companies yeah because obviously that's where the lock-in is most evident yeah we've got uh, Google we've got Apple we've got Microsoft we've got Amazon uh, and that's just in in, in terms of uh, the mobile space and the web. I think we, we can add Facebook to that list. Yeah, Facebook as well. And we haven't even touched on stuff like smart homes, where we have a big lock-in as well, even bigger than we have in terms of mobile devices. If you want a smart home and you get an Apple product, you find that it's not just the uh, the the device in the home you can speak to, it's your locks on your door. Apple may not communicate with the locks on the door and you have to find a compatible lock and you find the only compatible lock may be on a different platform but you can't really, you know, it's expensive to then purchase the item. Suppose it doesn't work well and you want to switch to, like, what is it with these big companies and locking people in? Like, why is this such a big deal? Yeah, and I think um, even back to the new segment you brought up, um, what we're talking about, is it uh, Cortana and uh, Alexa? Yeah, Cortana together? and Alexa. I think as time continues to progress, more and more companies are just now um, starting to find out how um, these ecosystems are starting to affect um, life today as we know it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going into an IoT space right now. You cannot afford to really have locked in and I think that's where Kotana now Alexa. They, yeah, Alexa. Because Alexa is almost leading in that space. I think it's safe to say they are leading. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, you know. Um, I don't know how far Samsung went with Tizen, but you could you can imagine they wanted to move away from from 
um, Android at one point. Yeah, don't they have like this assistant, uh, Bixby? Bixby, yeah, but Bixby. Uh, it works in connection with Android anyway. Yeah, I don't know how far Tizen went. You know, they their ecosystem was going to be huge. You know, Samsung, uh, what the leading um, provider of electronics worldwide. Yeah, I mean they make everything. So yeah, imagine so. your fridge, your TV, your microwave. Mm -hmm. All devices, all devices connected from your TV to your to your to your kitchen appliances. Yeah, it really phone. needs leaves no space for any other person to to come in and sort of you know, like you said, with your iPhone, <coughs> trying to control your lights or yeah, that's uh, that's actually uh, it's, it's it's a fair point because uh, I think the big thing that companies do to try and like keep you into their ecosystem or rather the reason why they try to do this is because they want you to stick with them even when their services aren't great or aren't leading. Uh, there was a Microsoft quote from years ago. Uh, I, I can't remember it. I, I don't know. 97. 97. Thank yeah. you. Uh, what, what was the quote? So this was on the 21st of February in 1997, in as old as it is, it actually applies in the current situation right now. Mm -hmm. So the quote says, the Windows API is so broad, so deep, and so functional that most um, independent service providers, that is, uh, service vendors, so to speak, would be crazy not to use it. It is so deeply embedded in the source code of many Windows apps that there is a huge switching cost to using a different operating system instead. Yeah. It is this switching cost that has given customers the patience to stick with Windows through our mistakes, our buggy drivers, our <laughs> high TCO, our lack of sexy vision at times, and many other difficulties. <clears throat> oh, this is not it. Mwiza, you haven't heard enough yet. Wait for this part. <laughs> the other part says, <laughs> Customers constantly evaluate other desktop platforms, but it would be so much work to move over that they hope we just improve Windows rather than force them to move. In short, without this exclusive franchise called the Windows API, we would have been dead a long time ago. The Windows franchise is fueled by application development, um, which is focused on our core APIs. So in short, guys. Yeah. Guys, that's one of the worst forms of lock-in, where the yeah. owners mm. even tell you that they've locked you in mm. because, and mm. they know that they have a mm. bad product, but they know that it's too expensive for you to move. And exactly. Yeah. In. And oh. it, speaks, it speaks to what? It speaks volume, but yeah. I think that was uh, an entirely different space, eh? That was that Steve Jobs era, and yes. Steve Jobs was the master of looking. Yeah, but that was that was Microsoft. Yeah, mm -hmm. but that's that's speaking to an era. There yeah, was a lot thing, of competition at that time. But the thing is, Apple have made their name on their services being exclusive. Hmm. Like uh, for the longest time, the iPod was the hottest property when it came to playing music, but it was because of the iPod and iTunes. The online store that let you buy like songs and play it on your iPod, right? It was exclusive. So if you wanted to leverage iTunes, you'd have to have an iPod, right? An Apple device. Yeah. Exactly, an Apple device, right? So there were probably devices that were better at the time at like doing whatever, like playing music or uh, maybe like the quote unquote sexier than the iPod, but 
the iPod had this service and that, you know, that kind of intercollected ecosystem made it so that if you want to have the best of both worlds, you have to buy an iPod, which meant the iPod was the hottest property at the yeah. time. And again, that speaks volumes to to Steve Jobs, as I said. He, he, saw, he saw that way before. Yeah. I mean, he envisioned the product before the ecosystem. Yeah. People, people who, who voluntarily want to be sucked into a good ecosystem. Exactly. I'll give an example. My dad is to the core Apple. This is someone over, should I give his, over 55. <laughs> you know, but he knows how all his Apple devices work. Uh-huh. You know? Exactly. iPad is using a Mac. Um, yeah, he recently upgraded his iPhone. But he knows how it, everything works. He knows if I lose this iPhone, I just buy another one and download everything onto it. And it's the same. So, you know? That's cool. Like uh, I like that you touched on it because it kind of brings us back to like the local spectrum, for example. Like the way this lock-in, I feel like has affected us is if you wanted a product like an Apple device, for example, we talked about iMessage. I have an iPhone, and uh, the person I talk to the most on sorry, sorry, could you just say that again? <laughs> Which what the part where I said I have an iPhone? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, that yeah, makes it feel good. Please <laughs> say it to the mic. Uh, <laughs> so like there's certain services that are on my phone, uh, like iMessage, which is only to other Apple devices, and yeah. I have like two, three, four other people with uh, iPhones. And those are the only people I can, that can okay. benefit from oh. me having iMessage. And then you've got 67, 70, 100 other people that are on Android. And it makes oh. it makes it a useless feature in my opinion. Yeah. So like locally, I just don't know, like the lock-in that happens all the way across the world is kind of affecting us and how we enjoy the kind of products that we have here as, as users. Yeah, it also comes down to user preference mm -hmm. at the end of the day. You know, for the apps that really matter, you, they find a way. Yeah, they, 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 they do. But the thing is, uh, even in as much as they find a way, they kind of push you in a certain direction with their ecosystem. For example, if the first phone you ever had was an iPhone, oh. okay, it's going to, it's going to, kind of, you're going to have a slant towards Apple products just because you're so used <laughs> to their ecosystem. Yeah, user preference. Exactly. Well, user preference, but it's user preference that has been. Um, kind of forced to that. It's influenced by these tech companies, and that's what they want to do. They want to influence user preference so that when you're going out and buying a phone, you say, I prefer an iPhone, when really you prefer not to make the jump to Android because it's going to be so hard. Do we have actually? You're both right because there, there are approximately three types of lock ins. Hmm. So there's the one that the uh, I read an article where it's, it, it actually outlined three. Uh, the first one is called the technology uh, lock-in. So this is an idea where the more uh, a society uses a particular technology, the other users will be influenced by that and they'll get to to use it as well. For instance, is it the QWERTY keyboard layout? Yeah. That was, most of us are using it because it's the more the society started using it and we've all just jumped into that preference. And then there's the personal technology locking where I just say my, my friend this works better for me and I am not moving <laughs> and I find myself being locked in you know that's the one you're talking of personal preference then then there's the one they call the collective vendor locking where if I have most of my friends using iPhone 
and because they are my network if i want to keep up with them i'll be forced to jump into the iphone lock-in isn't it because mm-hmm. I, I i mean I'll, like you are saying there's the i message comma yeah then if i want to use it i'm on windows phone oh yeah, yeah windows phone. <laughs> I, I can't use it well yeah it's, it's crazy what, what's the last one the last type of lock-in the collective vendor lock-in yeah the, mm. that's three right uh wait i think that's the second one what was the second one uh, the third one is collective vendor lock-in. Oh, okay, cool. Where you you have a hub of friends who are using, let's say, Apple. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh. Devices, ah. then. Elias. Yes. Uh, so, like the iMessage example I gave, oh, but I can't use it with a lot of other people. <laughs> friends. Uh-huh. Like I can use it with you, for example. Oh, I think I heard you talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. But I can't use it with you because uh-huh. I'm on Windows Phone, oh. so I eventually have to move to Apple because I have maybe thirty friends who are on Apple. Yeah. And this is where that whole iPhone uses Android, Android like, uh, kind of comes in. Like as Microsoft, you get Snowflake. Well, <laughs> <not dead. laughs> like, I know, I'm, I'm really curious about the different types because I just realized that I, I've, I've been locked in in a lot of ways all my life and I, I actually didn't know it. It's not just restricted to like technology, mm. it's culture. And yes, I was, I was going to go there. Mm. And that, that's the truth. Eh? Lock-in applies to different facets of life, you know. I know people who are locked into a specific brand. Someone might say, I only wear Levi's. Because I be, I mean, you know. So, again, I think preference has a big part to play as well as marketing. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to say. So, like, do we have examples of, or like, maybe starting from the tech space, like, in the local, in the local scenario? Like, like where, Zambia. Yeah, like Zambia, where we're locked into a particular, maybe technology or platform yeah. because it's too expensive to switch to a different platform. I, I think for us in Zambia, most of us are in the collective vendor lock-in. Because let's say I'm a developer, I, I can't develop for um, anything to run on Apple devices because mo- most of our people here are on Android. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's a collective. Oh, yeah. So like developing for iOS is more or less a convenience for the niche. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh. Yeah. Which, which, yeah, that's... I need to take down those three, eh? I, those are very important. Yeah. Because, uh, like, yeah. Uh, like, there are people that just have, like, what you call preference. Yeah. I know people, like, more than more than five people that only buy Samsung phones. Okay. It's just the thing that they do. They don't care about Android. They care about Samsung. I know um, a top industry executive in Zambia who says he can only use a BlackBerry. And yeah, he uses BBM. Is it a security thing? I don't even know. Maybe. But that's, that's preference, eh? Yeah. And everyone, oh, well, not everyone, but most people around him have to do the same, because, I mean, he says, yeah, he uses like, BBM. guys, I prefer to use BBM. This is not a joke. This was last month. Yeah, well, I use BBM because it's secure. He, he still thinks it's secure. Oh, sorry, it is. But, you know, he's still in that space. Yeah. He is locked in. Exactly. And so him being top management, meaning everyone yeah, wants yeah, to stay yes. in communication. So, with you him. know, the people underneath him, and he was, he was, he was proud. Like, the people underneath me are using BBM. Because I chose. Mm. My wife uses BBM. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, for me, I think uh, eventually I feel like a lot of developers, especially after Bill, will get sucked into developing for Microsoft, like all their apps, mm. since they've opened it up a little bit more. Especially due to the fact that Microsoft was paying developers much more than 
all the other competitors, Apple and Google. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a 30% markup on uh, yeah. transactions yeah. on Google and Apple. And Apple is the reason why we pay 30%. Because they, st- <laughs> they, <started. laughs> they started it. And then Google followed in line. And you know, it was pretty much, uh, I would say downhill, even though it was uphill mm-hmm. for them. But yeah, so like if Microsoft offers me much more, which um, I think the markup is what? Is it 70%? Uh, yeah, it's uh, I think it's eighty oh. percent. Uh, if they if if they discovered the app on Microsoft Store, I see it. Uh, something like I might be getting my numbers no. wrong, but something like ninety percent or ninety five percent. If you drove them to uh, the app, so yeah. if someone clicks on the link on say your website to download the app on the Microsoft Store, well. the markup there is higher. So and it's or a, rather lower. And that's the thing. Uh, it's the, a business the, at the end of the day, yeah. and yeah. they understand that. Yeah. So it's 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 basically them trying to draw in developers because they understand that. Oh, yeah. uh, like this is something that Apple has been coasting off for yes. years. Like so many people got into uh, development on iOS, uh, and so many good apps ended up on iOS, and then it's a loop, right? Yeah. You've got great apps on iOS, and then more people buy it. And no matter what the markup is, more people have iPhones. Hmm. So then more and more people are buying iPhones and more and more developers are developing for so iPhones. IPhone. Yeah. So that like I think the like Google like I think Google now are kind of on par with iOS. Yeah, in, in yeah. yeah. Time was caught up. Yeah. I remember I used the iPhone 3GS and the iPhone 4. Mm-hmm. And at that time basically no one was using the iPhone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You took the dog. Well, I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. And I, I, I feel like the last is really proud of you. <laughs> He's locked in. <laughs> He's seriously locked in. Stockholm syndrome, guys. And I remember, um, even, I think WhatsApp at one point, right? Yeah. Was only on iOS? Correct me if I'm uh, wrong. Well, it was. Instagram was only on iOS, yeah. I was sure. Instagram was only yeah. on iOS. Uh, uh, WhatsApp was on iOS and Android, but on iOS, it had that thing where you had to buy the app. And then on Android, oh, yeah. it was okay. that like one yeah, year thing yeah. where like after yeah. like, but because it was Android, everyone just cracked there. Yeah, the Windows came in a bit later and it's still behind. There are yeah. some functionalities that it doesn't have. When you yeah, that's frustrating. Let's do calling. That's frustrated me so much. Does it the WhatsApp on Windows, it? it was still better. It, I think it's still in. It's, it's still, still in. in, in <laughs> well, it's gonna be in beta for forever, right? Because they've kind of said they're killing the, the Windows Phone. I mean, how many oh, people are actually using Windows Phone? Yeah, that's right? that's the thing. And the thing, like, I think the thing that killed Windows Phone more than anything was just that—the fact that they didn't have apps because so many people were locked into other ecosystems yeah. that they didn't buy the devices, so it wasn't drawing developers in because the developers are like. But you've got like two people on Windows Phone. Why would we develop for it? Yeah, but I don't think you guys are seeing like the bigger picture here, right? Like you know, there's no escaping the future. Like sooner or later, um, devices that really matter are going to be connected. I I, I don't want to say this, but I will. Mm-hmm. But mobile is dying a very slow death. Uh, I, I like we are going into the wearable space, and IoT. we are going into IoTs, yeah. and you know, basically, for me, I, I see there's not much you, there's not much more you can do on mobile. Mm. 
Okay. But, uh, but then coming back to actually the topic at hand, yeah. if uh, mobile devices are dying, that's just a small mm. uh, part of the ecosystem. ecosystem. To be that's just a small part. Yeah, it's a small part. So if you have all your devices connected, your toaster, your mm. your smart grid, which is actually you know your electricity mm. and all that stuff, it just means the cost of switching will go up. Yeah, exactly. Regardless, mm. like if you decide you get into Apple, you have your home powered by Apple. Mm -hmm. You may not have a mobile device, but you can communicate with your home wherever you are in the world. Yeah. And then you someday decide this product is not good for me. I prefer Google's product for a smart home. Mm -hmm. Now switching from Apple to Google who might involve you actually buying a new toaster. If you're not careful. Might involve you buying mm -hmm. a new toaster, buying new lights. So I think might involve you moving. It's safe to say that's where the battery really is, right? Yeah. 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 It's, it's it's what they're actually taking advantage of the, the actual cost that a client will actually incur when you have to switch over. So I was actually looking at an article that did average costs of how how much it would cost you to to actually switch over. <laughs> so let's say for approximately, I would use about four thousand dollars to get an, the whole Apple ecosystem. That means smartphone, tablet, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, a desktop computer, a laptop, a router, a digital media player. That would approximate. That's an average. I would use four thousand. That's for Apple. That's for Apple. That's an average, by the way. So meaning it's, it's not the highest. Ah. And in Zambia, when you convert it to kwacha, it's <clears throat> forty grand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd buy it. <laughs> you know. Sorry. And, and then the Google one. Well, the Google one, and this is reasonable. It's it's on average two thousand dollars. Then reasonable, she said. Reasonable. Hey, compare it to Apple. Yeah, compare it to Apple is quite reasonable. It's, yeah. it's quite reasonable. Then the Microsoft one is on three thousand. You see, dollars. That's the way to go. Uh, you wanna right. Wait, wait, what right. about Amazon? Because uh, I'm interested in Amazon as well. <laughs> Like that ecosystem is quite interesting. Yes. So then the Amazon one is on one thousand. Yeah. What? What? Yes. Did you say is that one thousand dollars? One thousand dollars. How many devices are there right now? That is the smartphone, the the tab, the tablet, which is the Kindle Fire, mm -hmm. and then there's the Amazon TV. The Fire TV. Yeah. Yeah. And Amazon. Amazon's products that are really um, taking over the space. Eh? Yeah, Amazon's products, I'll say, are really cheap. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, yeah. like for something like an Echo Dot, I think this is why Echo Dot. Yeah, like this is why Google came out with the Google Home Mini hmm. because they were failing to compete with Alexa, Alexa because Alexa had a much, much, much cheaper option. Sure, they're they're expensive options. Like you, you have the option to get something a little more, you know, uh, high end, but like. So like Amazon is able to lock people and like if we if you really think about it, Amazon is only just now becoming a tech company. Yeah. Like they started out as like what? A bookshop. A bookshop. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then they pivoted and they got into e-commerce and then now they're pivoting again and they're getting into IoT and I think they're ahead of the curve because of what they did with Alexa. Mm -hmm. Right? So Alexa communicates with all these devices. Like Philips Hue is huge when it comes to like smart lighting and smart bulbs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And Alexa is like so integrated it, into that into system. That. Yeah, that if you want to get Philips you know Hue. It was kidding. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you have to you have to kind of work with Alexa. I was so impressed with Alexa. I don't know if you used it, I should have brought the car. 
echo echo dot thing. Yeah. Like it even works in a local context. I was, yeah. I was really shocked. It does. It's like a smart little thing, you know. But what does it do for you though? Like when we talk about it working in a local context, what does it do for you? Uh, what like local uh, context? So uh, you know Alfred, right? Yeah. He has an Alexa uh, at his place in his room. Okay. So it's one of those things where you think that you might not need it, right? You don't think that mm. you need it. But then it's yes, simple. It yeah, it's it's simple things, right? He walks into his room and he says, Alexa, I'm home. And maybe he's programmed it to start playing certain music. When it he just comes in. up. Yeah. I listen to a lot of jazz. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just said that. Maybe he walks into he he walks into the room and uh, he wants a different hue because Philips Hue like has different hues. Mm. Uh, yeah, but like <laughs> <laughs> pun intended. Mm. But like yeah, like maybe today he wants uh, a different vibe in his room. Maybe he's set moods. So uh, he has green lighting with a certain music type playing thing. And then there's the things that it just controls for you. Mm. Like it 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 can dictate like you wake up in the morning and you just say, Alexa, what's my day look like? And it basically you can, you can have you seen where I'm sorry, sorry, come on, let's catch you. But can you see where Microsoft is going with this? Yeah, because they realize that they're not going to be able to at least not now, compete with yeah, Alexa's integration. Yeah, but what he's talking Amazon about is really, like yeah. uh, Alexa, I'm home, what are my emails? Today, yeah, exactly. So that 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 like I I didn't really understand myself either. How like why I would need Alexa when I have an iPhone with Siri, but like R.I.P. Siri. Yeah, R.I.P. Siri. <laughs> sorry, sorry Siri. But yeah, like it 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 really is really seamless, and its voice recognition is just unbelievable. It's on par, man. It's unbelievable. Like it's on you par. never have to repeat. And <laughs> as someone who uses Siri, that is not something I'm using. Like I basically have to try like three times to get it to do anything. <laughs> I don't even get upset anymore. Like like. It's the norm. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, like like the looking is only going to get worse. Yeah, Dude, yeah, yeah. where we're going, it's so scary. Um, I think there was an article two days ago about how. <laughs> sorry, but Alexa, um, the 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 same the Echo Dot mm-hmm. recorded the family conversation. Eh? Yeah, I saw that. You saw that. Yeah, yeah, and then sent it to one of their contacts. Yeah, a random contact. A random contact <laughs> on their contact list. Uh, that was funny. So, I, I didn't like, see the explanation. Was that accidental? Or like, what, what, was yeah, that it was, apparently it was like accidental. But I didn't see the explanation. What was the explanation to why it did that? Yeah, I'm looking for that just now. I just saw the headline and I was like, hey. <laughs> another so, one. Wait, another <laughs> one. This, this, this is this kind of falls into uh, the whole talk about AI because uh, I imagine these devices learn your habits, and mm-hmm. one day you will never have to speak a word, and it will know what to do without you even asking. Yeah. So then it kind of begs the question. Question: uh, When it gets it wrong, how bad would it be? Let's talk smart homes. We talked about IoT. Mm-hmm. If anyone's curious, Internet of Things, in short, IoT is basically all your devices connected, mm-hmm. like your phone, your computer, your home, your car, everything seamless. Right. So you have you have a situation where you walk into your house. Uh, if you come in at 9 p.m., your lights come on automatically. You've walked into your house or they like, you can sense that this person is home. Mm. If When they get home, they like to heat up this and like to do whatever. The temperature yeah. should be this. Mm. It will learn. All that mm. stuff. Wow. It would be nice if, if I could find a way of it detecting my emotions without me having to say it. 
But that's what they're working towards. Yeah, isn't, that's, that? is, isn't that what they're working towards? Because now their voice recognition is also like uh, taking into account like the different tones. Mm-hmm. and the the emotions. Well, I, well I, I I can't say. Really yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm waiting. Like why? It would be nice. Oh, are, are you sure? Like Cynthia, you are down to this. Cynthia is talking about automated cancelling. Like if if you want cancelling, you're in a bad mood. You want it to just talk to yeah, you just, and feel your emotions. Just in case I had a very pathetic day at work yeah. and. I don't want to necessarily say it, but I would want it to... Because I, I hear mm. people can sense from your tone to mm. say, oh, this mm. person has just yeah, had a bad don't, day. Don't mess, like, with, don't mess with them. <laughs> so if it's able to detect that and it knows when I am sad, most likely this type of music would soothe me mm-hmm. and get me to a better, you know, <laughs> level yeah. of emotions. Where is it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be nice. Yeah. yeah, but like, uh, there's things, like, there's things I think that uh, it will be able to, like, kind of predict. Here's a statement Amazon gave it, I found the article. So in a statement on Thursday, Amazon confirmed the woman's private conversation had been recorded and sent. The company said the device interpreted the word in the background conversation as Alexa. So in case you don't know, Alexa is the keyword or the command that basically wakes it up. Yeah, like Hey Siri. Like Hey Siri. Yeah. Okay. And then no, sent... not now, Siri. <laughs> Siri, not now. <laughs> and then, yeah, it interpreted the conversation as a sent message request. Okay. Mm. So, so yeah. it's, it's how did it determine the, the, the contact? I don't even know. It yeah. says... Probably just... Know. Yeah, it probably just heard something. Oh, oh here, here we go. At which point Alexa said out loud, To whom? Oh. How smart is that? The statement said, at which point the background conversation was interpreted as a name in the customer's contact list. Be careful what you say around Alexa. Be careful what you say around One has to avoid saying the word Alexa. Wouldn't she just gossip? (laughs) (laughs) The the only bad thing would be if they were gossiping about someone and it sent to that same person. Which is which is possible? Yeah, because if they're talking about someone and saying that person's yeah. name. Yeah. Just don't say Alexa. Uh, also, uh, we'd like to apologize to anyone that has an Alexa device that we might have activated. Oh I'm yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa is a snitch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, just to wrap up, uh, maybe let's uh, give our final thoughts on how ecosystem lock-in can be uh, alleviated both you know in our personal lives and in the Zambian context first of all I don't think it will be alleviated I think it's only going to get worse Um, I feel like each company is growing so big Um, let's look at Facebook or Google if you look at their um, the kind of investments they're making Google is making investments into uh, driverless cars and you find that almost every other company is doing the same, investing in AI and machine learning. So they're only going to grow bigger. So when you talk about a smart world, which is what we're going towards, mm-hmm. I feel like you need to make your choice sooner rather than later, which ecosystem you want to back. Preference. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, in the Zambian context, we'll get there. <laughs> we're a little behind, but the technology is... <laughs> a little. <laughs> well, yeah, a little. It's actually a little. Like, the tech is not so far away. Like, it's well, just I infrastructure think- and we're almost getting there in terms of infrastructure. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I think so, there's a, there's a, a bit of a gap. Like there are those that are with the technology and there are those that are. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think can you avoid it? I don't think so. Not not to not where we're going. Look, the yeah, not where we're going. Um, right now the focus is on smart homes, IoT, wearables. Like I said before, mobile is dying. It will die. There will be something new. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think the focus now um, lies in... I was going to go into privacy. <laughs> these, these topics are so interconnected. Yeah, they are. It's just true. Uh, but yeah, sooner or later again, um, all our devices will be connected. There will come a point in time when we will basically just have one giant big ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And I think tech companies realize that. As to who that will be, we do not know yet. And that's what that's where the battle for. is. Yeah. Yes. That's what we're fighting for right now. So it's a very interesting space to, to watch um, in terms of developing. Um, again, there are a lot of developers and different roles, different tasks, different preferences. Uh, but we'll see how it goes, eh? Uh, we can't quite uh, avoid the lock-in, but I, I read an article where one was saying we could maybe a bit reduce on the cost that you incur when switching mm-hmm. over. Yeah. So he, yeah. I agree. He 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 said, as especially for companies, it, it would be advisable that a company gets to have a reasonable exit strategy. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said to think of it like a prenuptial agreement. Yeah. <laughs> so you Pre-nuts. know how your assets will be shared. <laughs> Should you make the switch? Yeah, that's clever. Yeah, it, 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 I think it would be the only thing for us to do: just have um, a strategic, reasonable exit for you to mm. use. Otherwise, you you find yourself really having to spend so much money. And for small companies that we which make majority of Zambia's companies, mm-hmm. I think they wouldn't actually mm. have the the resources to just switch over yeah. just like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think I agree with what most of you guys have said. I I, I don't even think I'll add much to that. Um, so yeah, this has been the second episode of the Codecast brought to you by Agora Code community, uh, you know, I am Elias Perry, and on Twitter, my, <laughs> don't laugh. <laughs> so I'm rolling my eyes right so that's now. That's why I can be a I'm rolling my eyes right now. <laughs> See what don't I mean? laugh. Don't laugh. <laughs> yeah. I have a reason to laugh. <laughs> Hope uh, you feel free with all your technology around you. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah. Uh, quickly, go around the table, plugs. Uh, I'm Elias Perry on Twitter. I am... Jor Eli three sixty J O R underscore E L I three sixty as in the number three sixty. We'll see who follow you. If you follow you, please give us. Okay, you know what? You know what? You know what, guys? I'm gonna change my handle to something really easy. Please. And I will come back in the next recording and tell it all to you. Okay, anyone For else? People who can give serious plugs. Uh, <laughs> Hey guys, uh, so my name is Mukuma. You can follow me on Twitter, that's Sourbones. I'm on Facebook, that's Mukuma Msenge. I'm on Instagram as Sourbones. Um, that's pretty much it. Those are all my platforms. Mm. BBMP. Hey, <laughs> I don't really remember it, man. <laughs> uh, okay, so hey guys, um, Wesley, 
you can follow me at the Zambian underscore geek on all platforms. Oh, 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 okay. Cynthia didn't know who I was. Yes, it's me, Cynthia. No, there were no DMs involved. But yeah, um, yeah, on all platforms, except Facebook. Proud to say that. So you're not on Facebook at all? I am not on Facebook. Okay. Cynthia? <laughs> I'll ask him further why he's not on Facebook. <laughs> uh, so my name is Cynthia. On Facebook, I'm Cynthia Mlinga. Twitter, I'm Cynthia M. Mlinga. LinkedIn, I am Cynthia Mlinga. Which one have I left out? GitHub. GitHub, I am Lacey. You're the only different one. Very professional. <laughs> Elias. Elias. Jewelry, 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 three sixty. Okay, we're ending it now. Please, <laughs> please like and uh, follow us on all those platforms. Also follow uh, Gora Code Community and Codecast, of course, uh, for all the news to do with uh, tech in Zambia. And thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. We appreciate you, and we hope you appreciate what we're doing for you here. Also, please share your feedback, uh, constructive criticism. We really appreciate it. We want to make the show better for you guys. So we'd really appreciate it if you would take the time to give us feedback on what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and what we could do better. Thank you for Elias, Okuma, Wezi, and Cynthia. Codecast out. This, this episode of Codecast was brought to you by Agora Code Community. We're connecting developers one line of code at a time. Visit our website, it's agoracode.community. On Facebook, we're agoracode community. We're on Instagram at codeagora, and we're on Twitter as well at the same handle, which is codeagora. Tune in next time.